Welcome to Olave, a spin-off show from the crew of the Orange Sidewinder, where we cover a range of topics including video games, movies, TV shows, fiction, and indeed anything else we believe is worthy of an episode. Your hosts for this episode are... I'm Chris Jarvis, writer, producer of Escape Velocity, and host of Lave Radio. I'm Ben Moss Woodward, and I don't do anything creative. <laughs> and I am Fozzer Forrester. Okay, slightly different show today. Uh, what we've got for our inaugural show is we've decided we're going to jump straight into a new alpha build of a game that's coming out later this year from Frontier Developments. Uh, that game is going to be Planet Coaster, a roller coaster theme park simulator sandbox game, which is scheduled to be released later this year. Uh, Planet Coaster will be Frontier's second AAA game, which, which they are planning on self-publishing after the ever-so-successful Elite Danger. Uh, to say the company has a proud history of roller coaster sims would be a massive understatement as they have created Roller Coaster Tycoon for the Xbox, uh, Roller Coaster 2 for the PC in terms of the expansion packs, also Roller Coaster 3 for the PC, and of course Coaster Crazy for the mobile platform. Many of the devs currently working on the game have previously worked on Frontier's Roller Coaster back catalogue. In fact, Johnny Watts, the current chief creative officer, started his career at Frontier working on the expansion packs for Rollercoaster Tycoon. That would be Wacky World and Time Twister. He is now the overseer of the PC project, and it's clear that he has lost none of his enthusiasm for this genre. So the format of this first show is going to be a sort of a let's play first impressions type thing of the alpha build. Jarvis will be running the game through uh, live on Twitch and we'll be doing our best to answer any questions we've got as we go along, either from myself or from Ben or other folks in the chat room. If you're listening to this as an audio only podcast, then make sure you check out the video on twitch.tv forward slash lay radio when you get the chance. And Ben and I will do our best to describe the action as we go through. Okay, so let's start talking about the game. Jarvis. Yeah, I haven't actually fired it up just at the moment because what I wanted to do is just share uh, this particular screen. Now, this is for the Planet Coaster Alpha. Frontier have provided us with a new launcher for the for the software now it's quite apparent from this uh, you know early stage that it is designed to be a comprehensive launcher for all of frontiers games so at the moment you can see there is a there is a planet coaster tab and there is an elite uh, dangerous horizons tab that you can also click on um and it's, it's interesting that they're kind of you know once planet coaster goes on they're going to try and unify that launcher and so presumably you know Illy Dangerous will be getting a new launcher as well with these things on and I have to say visually I mean for those of people listening to it in audio it kind of it sort of reminds me a bit of Origin in a funny and I haven't used Origin in really? a long time so I might, I might be talking about a really old version of Origin um, and I'm yeah I'm not sure the association is particularly uh, no, good in I'm my mind um, but no, it's, it's it's nice. I mean, it's it's quite a pretty. Um, uh, it is it's quite nicely designed. It's quite a square at the moment, and um, it obviously is moving. You know, over to that kind of steam thing of having a, a your own sort of unified launcher. Um, so I just wanted to kind of I wanted to start just by putting that out there because I think it's quite an interesting development that Frontier are moving over to this, and that it's interesting that Planet Coaster not only as an alpha in itself, is actually forming a test bed for this new launchpad beta. They're obviously getting as much testing in uh, as they possibly can during the next six months. So I don't know, I presume you guys have had a chance to catch up with the video and uh, have have any thoughts? I have actual slightly concerns about the launcher because A, it's 
in basically installing everything into your home directory. So it wants to go into like C colon users, um, username, then app, then local app data, and it's going in there rather than into the actual program files, which is where, in my opinion, installation should go to. I don't like it going into this semi-hidden program, uh, semi-hidden local stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. That's what they did with. It's interesting. That's what they did with Elite Dangerous as well. And I remember feeling a little bit kind of frustrated at one point. I, I seemed to be having. I was trying to clear down my hard drive when I moved over to a solid mm. state, um, and I suddenly realised I had like ten gigs worth of stuff in the Frontier folder, and it was because I had four different installations of Elite Dangerous all under my local user, um, and obviously. You know, one of them's Elite Dangerous, one of them's the Elite Dangerous beta, one of them, I think, was the Horizons beta. Um, <laughs> and I think it was just, you know, it's like, I've at least clear up after yourselves. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I don't think that, uh, that didn't stay when it went to full release, did it? So it started installing in correct places after it went to, yeah, after I've it went out since, beta, to I think it. I think it started putting it where everybody would actually like it to be put. So maybe this is just a an alpha beta thing where they're putting it in the uh, in the wrong directories. Maybe. Maybe. So. Um, but yeah, so let's, uh, I'm going to hit, I'm going to click on play and we can all have a look at, um, the, the way the game starts up just because there is this quite nice little opening thing. And there is also something that I want to talk about that's kind of in the opening of the opening of the game. So. So apologies, it's not fitting to screen very well. Um, so here's the uh, here's the game. Presumably you can all hear the music. Let me just turn that down uh, a little bit for you guys. Um, quite nice music for it, though. It kind of reminds me of the uh, music they had on the launch trailer, which was by that American folk slash country band whose name is... Uh, is it Lady Antebellum or something like that? Not blank, blank stares all around. Okay, well, there was a song on the launch trailer, and this kind of reminds me a bit of that. Let me just bring it up for a moment. So there you go, that's nice. Um, apologies, I'm going to try and fix what's going on with OBS, because it doesn't seem to be capturing this game at quite the right resolution. I don't know quite why. Um, so yeah, it was nice, The uh, that little Pixar-y opening with the kind of the Coaster King coming through and crashing through the uh crashing through the side i just want to go back to um this this image though uh which i've now lost where's it gone oh here we go um yeah i just want to talk about this for a moment because i think this is really fascinating that when you launch planet coaster this screen comes up that says powered by cobra and mm-hmm. it sort of puts me in mind of uh, you know, where things come up and say things like powered by Unreal or powered by, you know, Bink Video. And I'm wondering if, having not done it before, Frontier are starting to think seriously about licensing their engine out to other developers. Because, you know, there's, there's, there's not really much point putting a splash screen up on the beginning of your game that says powered by Cobra, unless that is going to mean something to somebody else. I mean, other than the fact they're just proud of their engine and maybe just want to... You, you know, kind of, kind of advertise it in that way. But it, it strikes me that, I, you know, that they're, they're, they're doing this and it's kind of a, a thing to say, well, you know, watch this space. We might actually be licensing out our tech to other developers. 
Do we know that they haven't already uh, done that? Because I do have a feeling that they might have already done that with some of the smaller projects or maybe some of even some of the mobile devices. Uh, I have a feeling I've seen Powered by Cobra not often, but I think I've seen it before. Yeah, I've definitely seen that image before. I think maybe it was on the... Was it originally on the Elite Dangerous beta? Maybe. I might have even been on the Rollercoaster Tycoon 3 um, game. Maybe that's where I think I've seen it before. Obviously, which they obviously made for Atari... I'm wondering if that's where I've seen it, or potentially also there was a um, there was a mobile game. Uh, was it called well Lost Winds? But obviously that was their game. But they also did another yeah. one recently, um, which was sort of like a, a side-scrolling uh, platformer game, and I think it was on there as well. Which they did again for another company. Which I'm pretty sure I've seen that logo on that game as well. Yeah, I don't, I don't, honestly I don't remember seeing it on Lost Winds. I played both of those, and I don't recall. But yeah, I mean you're right. I mean one thing about uh, going as a self-publisher and everything else, and seeing all the finances we are now with uh, with frontier yeah anything this company can do to, uh, to create revenue and you know get other sources of uh, of money coming into the company is a good thing so you know, considering how powerful the cobra engine is and how they can prove that with elite dangerous and with planet coaster you know why wouldn't you want to license that technology out oh no absolutely playing devil's advocate but maybe you wouldn't want to because when you license it out that involves a heck of a lot of extra support for folk yeah, I mean, it does it does create a situation for you where you have to make your tools pretty for a, a kind of third party to, to, to really get their heads around. Um, but I think, you know, potentially the, the revenue could be well worth dedicating a bit of resource to. And plus as well, if you're, if you're kind of having to keep your development tools nice for other people, then actually it kind of makes it, you know, it, it makes you tidy your own house up as well, if you know what I mean. Um, and wouldn't that be a nice thing at times? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's like, you know, um, one, one of the things that's good about inviting friends around really often is that you end up keeping your house actually <laughs> in a reasonably tidy state. Whereas if no one comes around for a month, the place just goes to rack and ruin. It does not house anyway. <laughs> so, okay, so you've landed on the uh, you've landed on the splash screen. You've landed on the yeah. Planet Coaster screen, and maybe this will be a good yeah, yeah. opportunity to actually talk about one of the you know, the key selling features of this new game, and that aspect of it not just being your park, but this whole element of sort of sharing you know, your park and everything that you do in your park around your friends and families and friends of friends all across the globe, and having this big planet of um, community around this game. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I had a, I had another thought the other day. I, I didn't realise that the new Roller Coaster ga- Tycoon game was called Roller Coaster Tycoon World, and I didn't know if the whole world planet thing was a bit of a sort of uh, a direct competition thing. But yeah, no, it is very much. I, I think I'm, I'm I'm assuming that this sort of planet here um, is going to be a sort of a holding place for user generated content because they've been talking mm. a lot on their own streams about UGC and how you'll be able to share your park and you'll be able to share specific things you'll you'll see when we get for those of you that haven't really seen much about planet coaster you'll see once we get into the game just how small detail you can go into when building stuff but it means that actually constructing larger objects wholesale and saying this is a prefab thing i've made that you can now use yeah i think is going to be a huge part of planet coaster so presumably there are going to be options on the game to see kind of parks from around the world obviously your park must be saved to the cloud or something like that Uh, and presumably Mm -hmm. eventually i'm guessing this earth will rotate i can't get it to do that at the moment um, I'm, I'm also assuming that Frontiers developers who've created these test um, 
parks don't live in these places. I think they're quite clear on their recruiting page that everyone has to work in Cambridge. So I don't think uh, Siberia or wherever this one up here is. <laughs> um, well, there's one that, there's one there that's actually floating out in the middle of the Atlantic as well. So uh, hopefully they haven't dropped someone off in the middle of the sea. So yeah, possibly not exactly uh, true to life. But yeah, yeah, yeah what sorry. they're talking about is this um, this fully integrated community hub. So you know, straight from the blurb on the back of the box, it says community is at the heart of Planet Coast to share your creativity with connected global villages of coaster fans trade scenery roller coasters and even entire parks and download the world's wildest creations from the fully integrated community hub obviously as they say community is going to be at the core of it and looking at some of the live streams the frontier have already done yeah i'm not the world's most creative person when it comes to sort of making scenery and stuff so the idea of being able to sort of you know take the latest and greatest or the highest voted rated uh bit of scenery to add to my park you know as a sort of off-the-shelf product i think is a is a cracking idea i'm not the most creative person either as i said in my intro but if at some point chris can have a look at my park that i've shared with him then yeah i i'm quite proud of the toilet block that i made <laughs> excellent i mean it's funny when I've, I've put in the show notes when i was doing a little bit of research around this where you know they've called it planet coaster but yeah it, it's very reminiscent of uh, of little big planet so maybe we should be calling this little big coaster instead um i love the idea of this all this user generated content and you know maybe they can get stephen fry to actually do the intro uh, talk over all the tutorial bits just to, to link the two I think that would be quite a nice little touch but but I think um, going back to what you were saying about how you don't feel like you're the most creative person in the world one of the things I want to show tonight actually is what a great job they've done of uh, making the building tools really easy to use so actually even if you're not like massively creative you can actually create some really amazing effects very quickly and with that in mind i'm actually going to be really boring what you've got in the alpha is you've got all these different save places around this this planet earth and they're all different most of them are different pre-built parks that you can go in and have a look at and play with um, i'm just gonna i'm gonna open the really boring one this is a huge flat plane with absolutely nothing in it uh, and we're going to completely start from scratch and just see what we can put together tonight uh, you know, just really doing stuff completely from scratch. So uh, I'm going to load up this this basic park. At the moment, um, you can't deform the landscape. Uh, I apologise, this is meant to be a first look. I did have a quick look at this yesterday so that I knew <laughs> vaguely what I was doing. Um, but this basically, this park you can play with is a completely square, flattened off area that you can build in. Um, and there is not currently any tools active within the game that allows you to deform the landscape. Now they have talked, Frontier have talked about there being three stages of this alpha. And I think deforming the landscape might be stage two. I yeah. think that might be what they said. So, but this is, I mean, this is a, you'll see when we get into it, this is a pretty big area to fill. Um, I'm going to resist the urge tonight to demonstrate the problem with the frontier are going to have with sharing user generated content by using the pathing system to just draw a massive cock in the middle of this field. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> so, but I will say though, right, that given that if I just make this a bit longer, so given the way these paths kind of move and bend, you'll see this on the video that they kind of, they kind of flop about in an appealing way. You can imagine how easy it is going to be for people to just make massive cock paths um so we're going to take the higher ground we're not going to be doing that tonight um, but you know that's just one of those things about user-generated content it's like well if someone downloads something that they're massively offended by who's really kind of you know to um 
to blame for that. But anyway, uh, and I'm just going to activate this little thing we've got here. Uh, it, this is a this is the worst kept secret in the world. Um, but basically, there's a little cheat code you can type in um, called under construction, which pleasantly reminds me of the old um, manic minor days of typing in codes and things like that. Basically, I've just unlocked the roller coasters tab because apparently Frontier weren't going to include roller coasters in the first stage of the alpha. But I think the feedback they got from people is that what they'd already done on it was so good and so mostly robust that they wanted people to be able to see it and use it. Yeah, definitely. So, and they found that out from the uh, the press event, didn't they, that they, they had yeah. down in London. And actually, once they saw people yeah, interacting with the roller coasters and building the coasters, yeah, it, it was it was so close to, you know, well, as you say, it, it was robust enough that everybody could just sort of pick it up and play with it. So why not throw out there? And, and this is one of the things, and, you know, Chris, you and I have both met uh, Johnny Watts, who's obviously the, the, the guy in charge of yeah. uh, overseeing the project. And he's just so passionate about this being a fantastic, game he's so passionate about people want you know, wanting people to go out there and just sort of enjoy playing this game that uh, i think he basically overruled everybody and said you know it's there it's ready it's good enough let's just make sure people let's just throw it out there and uh let people enjoy it so yeah uh, interesting what you were saying about the um interesting what you were saying about the uh, the first stage so looking at the information they've given out this first stage is all about pathing paving pathing anyway the pathways so yeah uh, unlike a lot of um unlike a lot of roller coaster simulators you know th- th- what you're talking about drawing a big penis yeah that only comes about because you can get these lovely curves which previously in all the other roller coaster tycoons it's always been very much sort of on a very rigid grid system uh, you know they've they've got that they've got away with that and you know it's started all these lovely sort of completely um user creatable paths that can curve around and go in every single direction that you want which should add to a whole host of new um features or creativity or or different ways to build a path yeah no totally and it's really interesting as well i mean just how quickly you get people walking around your path and Mm. you, you know around your park and finding their way and um you know really just just kind of, yeah just the, the sort of intelligence at work in these park guests is amazing um so to, to avoid the stream being really boring i'm going to start building some stuff um mm-hmm. so there's uh, with this path thing there actually i mean this is a very this game uh gives you control over everything in really like minuscule detail so much so here that you've actually got on the path tool you can specify what the length of each bit your building wants to be that's quite useful if you're trying to make like a fiddly little path that kind of joins up like to a to a ride um or if you want to if you want to cover ground in your park really quickly you can set the length to five and you can you can sort of cover you can you know you can go huge distances uh in in, in like hardly any time there we go i've already sort of blasted along there um we've also got some cheat commands in there as well which i think are a bit sneaky ones apparently if you press the square brackets that will change something as and the plus and minus buttons do things okay Uh, so these are keyboard shortcuts as opposed to to cheats yeah plus and minus yeah yeah, plus and minus changes the length for you i'm guessing square brackets extends your girth so you can go from a four meter wide path all the way up to uh, a 10 meter wide path 
and yeah i have to say one of the, i'm going to look at some of these other controls as well over the course of the stream because one of the things i've been slightly struggling with so far in this alpha is understanding how the camera rotates and how you actually move around because <laughs> every now and again i just end up with a situation where i try and rotate around the object i'm editing and i end up over the other side of the park and i don't know whether that's just an alpha bug or whether that's um uh just me using it completely wrong but anyway so here we are um uh, let's let's start off just by building something do you know what people want to see roller coaster should we just build a roller coaster in the middle of the park and then join it up let's just do that so um <laughs> uh, let's start off with this blue thing uh so you start off I'm just going to stick it in the middle of the park and then we can kind of build paths up to it and kind of decorate it and make it nice. So you start off by sort of plonking your station down. I think everything you position in this game, if you click and hold down left button, you can specify the height of it. Oh, okay, so you can build it up on stands and pillars as opposed to... Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think I might be wrong in this instance, though, because I don't the think... the shift I key, I think it is. Shift oh, key well, lets cool. you move it in the Z-axis. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, here we go. Nice. And uh, yeah, the Z key... If you tap the Z yes. key, then it'll rotate at 90 degrees. Yes. But if you hold the Z key down, then you yes. get a little circle with an arrow in front of it. Yes. And then you can rotate it on a free, in a freeform basis. Yes, exactly, exactly. So let's, um, let's start off with this coaster station high up in the air, um, just, to, just to make that opening chain lift <laughs> a little bit shorter <laughs> what i really do you know what i really should have done i should have kept the first coaster i made because one of the things this game will teach you is how roller coasters work um i built this wonderfully intricate coaster track yesterday and then i set a train off on it and it, it bimbled around the first corner and then just stopped because it doesn't it's not like this magic track that your coaster train goes round. um it's basically you have to understand the physics of how roller coasters work uh, and, the, you know, they've simplified it to a huge degree. But basically, if your I think what I figured out is if your drop isn't at least higher than your loop, the train won't mm-hmm. make it all the way around the loop. And that's just basic physics. Oh, okay. I mean, you've, you've got to give the thing enough potential energy. Um, there are some other things that kind of help with it, but I confess I don't fully understand them. Um, <clears throat> so this is the tool we've got for positioning the track. We've basically got one little control here that for each section grabs it and pulls it uh, left and right. You've then got another one above it, which gives you up and down. And then you've got this yaw control, which allows you to twist the track. So if you're into kind of making uh, corkscrews and barrel rolls manually, this this gives you all the uh, controls that you could ask for. And the other thing that's interesting about this this interface is that when you when you set the angle, it doesn't just set it for that last piece and then carry on straight. Once you click, it kind of continues and honours the, the 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 curve you've already established. Which is great, isn't it? Because one of the things about the the old roller coaster tycoons and stuff, it was literally section by section by section. Whereas this, you can almost it's almost like painting, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm not going to do what Ben did. I think Ben created a lift that went all the way to the maximum height of the sandbox and took a minute and a half to get pulled up by chain. I'm not going to do that. We're just going to we're going to give ourselves quite a modest little start here. Um, so I've, I've built a little... So it's completely straight. It just goes up at the maximum angle we can go to, uh, which will hopefully give our coaster enough um, momentum to kind of do the rest of the ride. So let's just a bit of a quick hint, Chris. 
before you start adding too many on, make sure that you've got your chain button pressed so that you add the chain to it, otherwise you'll have to go and edit everyone manually. Yeah, you can go back and do it. I'll, I'll edit it manually. Because one of the things I quite okay. like about this that we'll, we'll come to is I quite like watching the train go round the track incomplete and then actually see where the bugs are that need fixing. Because what I ended up with, quite by accident, was a loop-the-loop, which was absolutely terrifying, because the train almost stops at the top of the loop every time. <laughs> and I think in an actual coaster, that would be brilliant. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave that in, because I'm a bastard. Right, so let's... I take um, it there's no, um, there's no sort of uh, death on these coasters. I know, uh, Chris, when we went down to Frontier, we, we asked him about, given the stuff that happened at Alton Towers, was there any sort of thing that they had to sort of raise back in in terms of having coasters fly off the tracks and things like that what currently happens in the alpha build if your coaster doesn't work or as you say if it stops at the top of a a loop-de-loop and falls i i think they've uh, actually they, they they were talking on their own stream yesterday about how they've constricted slightly some of the choices so even though it's a very manual and very specific thing you can do They've actually created the, like, the angles and things you can create on the coaster have been done in such a way that you almost can't help but create a kind of nice ride. And they've also, down here, got this little thing, this smoothing button, which if you've got any sort of jaggies on your coaster can, can really sort of fix that. Uh, I did manage to make a coaster where basically my train got stuck between, in a, in a valley. Um, so, you know, they could never escape, basically. But <sighs> thankfully, when you turn your ride off, the train magically disappears and all your guests teleport to the exit. Excellent. So they got rescued, in other words. <laughs> they got rescued. Yeah, we'll, we'll pretend that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, Millstone Barn is asking, is it hard placing your pieces? Uh, just generally sort of your, you know, your, your entrances and your... You know, your stations, does that no. all feel very fluid or? Yeah, we'll, we'll come to that. The, the, the problems I've had, I had this one problem when I was editing. I actually lost my station and trying to re-add the station to the track was very, very hard. Um, as I say, the other problem I'm mostly having, if, if you're watching the stream, I'm trying to currently rotate the camera around this object I'm editing. And I have no idea what this camera has decided to focus on, but it's making it really hard for me to see kind of where I'm meant to be or what I'm doing. Um, I know I find the I find the middle one to be the easiest for that kind of thing, Chris. Yes, turns out I was on free camera, so you don't want free camera. (laughs) Um, So let's see, I've got got quite a drop here that then goes into a sort of twist, and you can actually add some quick loops here. So let's try, let's see what happens if I click on that. Oh no, it didn't want that. Uh, Let's try. What's a Norwegian loop? Okay, that takes it under the ground. Let's not do that. <laughs> Let's just try a normal loop. There we go. Um, so just for the benefit of people that aren't watching the stream, these are separate sort of sections of roller coaster, like pre-built sections that you yeah. can literally just go in and drop in. So yeah, if you just want various different types of loops and yeah, stuff. If, if you just want a loop, it's like a prefab. Um, and as you can see, even while we're editing, uh, we're in a real-time day-night cycle here. So we have a rather pretty sunset going on. Uh, let me just figure out. Okay, so that's gone all the way around. Oh, I, you know what we can do? We can do a nice little thing here. So I've, uh, for those listening in audio, I've jinked the track to the left. I'm bringing it around in a loop and I'm now going to send it. Cause this one thing that's nice about this game with it being such a, 
freeform editor is you can actually completely overlap stuff. So I'm now going to send this track through the supports of the piece of track oh, nice. that I've just nice. built. And that's something that you just can't do in roller no. coaster games that give you a sort of more um, blocky sort of approach to these things. Uh, so let's send that. Can you and do that nice in real life? What, send a coaster through... Its own Send a coaster through its own supports. Yeah, or of course is that you can. Health and safety thing. No, think about okay. Alton Towers. Think about uh, is it Nemesis in Alton Towers where you, you overlap yourself and go through and down into the gully and underneath the tracks and stuff. Okay. Um, but what I really like is the fact that the game just basically just sorts this out for you. Yeah, you know, If you want to go through the if you want to go through the legs of your coasters, then it will magically just do that all you know, automatically for you. Yeah, and you can It'll see move it's the kind of around and yeah, restructure it moves them as you go, which is nice. So that's a crazy little spiral I've created there. And let's say at the bottom of this, let's just stick in a, let's just stick in a loop. Well, I'll be very interested to see if the train still has enough momentum to actually go through that loop. Um, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to be a little bit boring, and I'm just going to finish this track. Oops! If you don't turn the loop off, it's what you get every time you click. Uh, I'm just going to finish this track kind of as quickly as we can, just so that we can we can move on to something else. So this is probably going to require another uh, lift chain. There we go. So just while you do that, obviously, again, talking about the first alpha, it's all about sort of generating paths. And I think what Frontier said they were trying to do is just make sure that the, the simulation works in terms of getting all the crowds of people through, because every single person that comes through your crowd is an individual um, everybody has a certain amount of money uh, in their pockets. They need to be able to get to all the rides in order for you to actually be able to get any of the money out of their pockets and into your coffers. So I think they were calling that first principles, and that is basically what they've designed the game on, so that you need to be able to make sure that all these path structures work, regardless of whether or not you've got five people in your park, 500 or 5,000. Starting off with the whole path system and making sure that works in terms of the simulation is actually you know, one of the things they wanted to make sure they nailed straight away. And then, as you say, the second part of Alpha is going to be transformation. And I think the third part of Alpha, they said, was going to be simulation in terms of uh, all the finance stuff. So, you know, all the shops and all the tweaks to add more salt to make people thirsty and buy more beer and that sort of thing. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I've actually, I mean, I've actually run into my first problem here on the, um, uh, on this coaster editing. I tried to join my track up to the station and for some reason I lost a bit of track and I now, oh, there we go, I seem to have refound it now. For some reason I wasn't able to continue building track and I wasn't totally sure why. But hopefully now, if I click here, it might stand a chance of joining up. I'm actually not 100% sure what the science of joining. I think that's just auto-joined, which is quite a nice touch. Uh, and what I'm going to do, because this isn't entirely nonsensical, oops, a daisy. Is that now? I think that's joined up now. Uh, I'm just going to lower this section of track here. So you can see, you can just click on a stretch of track and you can just go back and sort of edit in a nice sort of aftertouch what you've done. Um, and hopefully the smooth button, yay, will fix that little bit of rubbish that I'd introduced. That is crazy simple. Crazy Isn't simple. Isn't it really, really simple? So um, what, what you've now got in your uh, with your roller coaster editing, if I come out of edit in some way that doesn't break it, uh, let's try clicking on this close gadget. There you go. So we've now got this coaster ride that I'm now not editing. Uh, you can now click back on the station 
and it brings up a little menu and it says ride status incomplete to open this ride you need to place an entrance place an exit add a queue to the entrance and add a ticket booth to the queue and there's also some debug options what we can now do is we can add a train and there you go you can see there's a little train appeared on the track and there's actually, if I remove that train for these particular tracks, there's a choice of um, four trains that you can add. This one's a bit of a kind of classic, not, I'd say a classic 1970s American coaster. I don't know if that's a fair description, but that's what it looks like to me. Um, <clears throat> we've also got Rage, which I actually haven't looked at. Uh, that's a sort of... Yeah, I guess a sort of spacey themed thing. Uh, and then this one, which makes me puts me very much in mind of... Uh, modern roller coasters, this one here, which is very much an upright seat, uh, and the kind of, um, the, the, the sort of shoulder harnesses like that. So you're, you're very much kind of free, free on the thing. Let's stick with that one. I have actually noticed playing around with the Alpha, I think all the cars are actually weighted slightly differently. So you might set up your track perfectly for one type of train. You might change it to different cars and actually find it doesn't work anymore because the, the mass is different. Uh, interesting so uh, i've clicked on start so this gives you the opportunity to see your train moving and you will see it has not gone very far it has basically moved about five meters off the track and then just rolled back to the start and this is because my first stretch does not have a lift chain on it now if you've been stupid like me and forgotten to add the chain it's very easy to do if i click on edit track it deletes any trains you currently have on the track um and i should say if you do that while you've got passengers in your park they will just teleport to the exit. Um, so I'm now going to click on... So if I've got a section of track highlighted, if I now just click on chain lift, it retrospectively applies the train chain to that section of track. So that's really easy. Um, so this is basically going to need... This is going to need chain all the way up. Now, how do I move up and down... I just had to click every on the each piece of track and then click the chain. Yeah, no, um, I'm just trying to work out how going. to move. I'm trying to work out how to move the camera up and down because at the moment Q and E oh, are rotating. You're not in the middle one again. Stick in the middle. No, one. I am you're on the fine. middle one. I am on the middle one. Okay. Um, but it's weird when I've been playing this game. Sometimes Q and E do rotate and sometimes they do up and down, <laughs> and I could not tell you. <laughs> I could not tell you what is making the difference. So anyway, let's uh, stick. So is that chain lift? Let's see if that chain lift is enough. So I quite like this is the thing. I like doing it this way. I like uh, testing my ride piecemeal. So I'm going to add a train. I'm going to start it. And I'm going to see if that's enough chain to get the train all the way to the top of that hill. Um, because if it isn't, I need to just put a little bit more on the top. But I don't want to over-engineer it. So while while that's just going, uh, so we'll get a, we'll get a little view here of whether or not how much of this track actually works. So this is now this is now completely in the hands of physics. God, that looks absolutely terrifying. So can you just describe what the what the track is for those people that can't see it? You've got a, a, a massive stretch going straight yeah, up. Yeah, and- this is going to be quite hard. Okay, so um, I'm just going to go back in and edit the track because the train actually travels so fast. I'm feeling the need to put some brakes at the end. <laughs> <laughs> just, I just feel sorry for the people on it. So what I've created is um, probably a let's say a sixty story vertical climb. 
Then at the top of the climb, the train plummets down at the steepest angle I could make. And as it goes to the bottom, the track tilts to the left and does a kind of corkscrew round between its own struts twice, then comes back up for a loop the loop, then goes up over a hump and then just kind of does a hairpin round back to the uh, back to the station. Very abruptly back to the station as well. Looking at that train when it arrived back at the station, there's some serious braking going on when it gets back to the landing yeah, pad. Yeah, let's just let's just see what difference. So I've I've added a, a section of brakes now to the uh, <laughs> to the end of this. Let's. I have to say this is not a long ride. Um, they are going to be done with it quite quickly. So let's just let's just send this round again. So um, while this is doing its thing, um, right, Johnny's saying if you press the T button. And then Q and E rotates and maybe zooms in and out as well. So if you, I guess it sounds like the T is maybe toggling it or something. Okay. I don't know this. This is just what Johnny Axe is saying in the stream. Okay. I mean, it might be because I've been kind of playing around and hitting various random keys on the keyboard to try and uh, figure out all the different things in the game. So it might be that I've accidentally pressed T at some point and that's where I've got these different controls. So let's just, let's just try that. He's quite right. T changes it to from rotate to up and down. That's very useful. Thank you very much, Johnny Axe. Um, Okay, so this ride currently can't open. So we need to place an entrance. So let's say the entrance is going to be... The clever designers at Frontier would say to you, you haven't allowed enough room to make your train station pretty, because I'm going to need to build around this in a minute. Um, (laughs) But let's, let's put the entrance this side... Oh, no, let's put it... Yeah, just, just interestingly there, though, Jarvis, you are, what, three stories up in the air for your um, for your station? So yep. what sort of features are you going to have to put in there in order to get people up there? Absolutely no idea. Genuinely no idea. <laughs> this, is, this is a first look. I'm making this up completely as I go along. Um, so I just thought... The one I built yesterday was all completely flattened on the ground, so I just thought this time, let's just try sticking it up in the air and seeing what I have to do. So I'm going to place the entrance right by the coaster. Is that sensible? Yeah. And I'm going to place the exit on the other side. And as you can see, I mean, this is made really easy for you because it just completely snaps the gate that you're attaching to the train station to one edge and you just pick where you want it and place it. And that's it. It's done. So you now have the option to add a queue to the entrance. So this gives you a thing that's very similar to the um <clears throat> path controls basically again we can set we can set length here we can you know make another uh, amusing floppy uh, shape here um and let's see if ooh i'm just trying to work out how you use the shift control to change the the height so let's just try keeping it short for the minute so let's make on a- this one if you don't do the shift control but i think if you just press and hold your left mouse button yes. and move your mouse up and down that wiggles it yes if i just hold it i can sort of set uh yes i can set it to basically so we should be now up and down. we are now on ground level so there we go um cool. so i'm gonna i'm gonna stop building that there because what i now want to do is add the ticket booth so the ticket booth gives you a nice little prefab thing. The member of staff who takes the tickets is already there <laughs> when you haven't even placed it. And what's interesting is there is a definite 
you know one way system because i think if you turn it round it now no longer attaches so you end up with this kind of you know for those listening a sort of metal girder construction that is a sort of the entrance to the ride so let's pop that down so this ride is now technically open and now that we've opened our first ride we might start to see bodies milling in from the entrance so do you have to actually connect that uh, ride to a existing path that connects yes. to the entrance, or will they walk across the grass? No, no, no. Oh, you need to create a path, and I suspect that's why people have not yet appeared. So I'm now going to create... Uh, uh, there you go. So in fact, with the, so with the length set to five, I'm actually able to connect this path all the way from the entrance of the park to that ride just in one section. I don't even have to, I don't even have to fiddle it. Which is interesting. So there you go. So I've now connected that. Let's see. And also looking at that entrance, the um, that metal sort of entrance that you've created there, I think all the entrances that uh, Frontier put in the game have all sort of been set up to allow you to stick a sign on them. So if you want to have a, a look at the various sort of sceneries and signs, you can put one and attach it directly to your coaster. Oh, yes. Um, I've just realised the other thing I haven't done is I haven't actually attached the exit to anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that would be helpful, uh, and that would be embarrassing. So let's, um, yeah, interesting uh, debug. You've made the you have made the Hotel California of roller coasters. That's what you've done. <laughs> I have. You are condemned to ride it for all time, <laughs> and I'm hoping I haven't created a situation where it's actually impossible to place. I did this the other day. I placed the entrance in a place where you couldn't actually lay any path. Um, so let's just do this. I have to laugh because I'm mostly looking at our uh, our chat channel that you can't see. And about five minutes ago, Ben actually put a reminder in there for you to actually uh, put an exit down. So uh, yeah, Ben's yeah. currently quietly smiling smugly to himself there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's just... Yes, there we go. And then this can this can loop round. Wee dee 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 dee. Right. So now we have, oh, look, there's people. There's people in the park. So inevitably at this point, all the dinosaurs are going to escape and everyone's going to die. Sorry. That's yeah, absolutely. Different. That's how these things work. Game. So you're saying that somewhere on this entrance, now, interestingly enough, you're saying that this gate can be decorated with signs. Having had a bit of a play with the kind of objects that are available in the game, um, that entrance has been entirely decorated with objects that you can place so i mm -hmm. think they have pre-decorated this gate if we if we bring up scenery and bring up signs and bring up sorry i was i wasn't talking about the gate coaster. i was talking about the entrance to your cola, uh, roller coaster oh yeah totally yeah but you can see here if i hold this object up this planet coaster object that i've just picked up is exactly the same as the planet coaster object over the gate sorry so yeah it doesn't look like i can place anything out in this gate area so that might be considered out of play out of play anyway so let's see if there is a suitable sign for our roller coaster what should we call it there is a dotted line on the ground jarvis which is basically your play boundary i think yes absolutely so here's some people here's some people and what we can do is you can actually click on a person and it comes up with a little box that says guest management and you can click on a ride camera icon and you can follow that person but what you can do already is you can click on first person and you can actually attach your camera to that npc's head and um basically this is how we will experience the ride so i'm just going to leave this going um apologies if anyone is watching the twitch stream 
why are people turning around and leaving my ride? Do you know, do you know what <laughs> I've forgotten? Scared. No, do you know what I've forgotten to do? I've might have. Oh no, it's there. Interesting. So I've clearly done you haven't, you something haven't, you, wrong. You, you haven't put a sign on it, so nobody knows what roller coaster is called. So if they don't know what it's called, they're not going on it. No, no, no. Oh, hold on. Uh, is it because? Got, is it still in debug? Have you got your? Have you got trains on there? Have you opened, opened the exit? I've opened it and closed. I've turned it off and on again. <laughs> um, oh look, and we've got uh, the mascots appeared in the park. So this is the Coaster King, or whatever he's called. Uh, he's walking around entertaining the crowds. These people think he's hilarious. Just to spend a little bit of time on the actual people, it's it's amazing to see the sort of dynamics of the the people in the park. So you've got some obvious groups uh, which are huddling together, that are obviously the same sort of yeah. group. Uh, sort of family units. You've got couples there who are obviously together. You've got some, you know, some uh, some solo guys who are just obviously going around on their own. But whereas previously you didn't really sort of get those group dynamics, this time round it's you know it's much more sort of key to sort of akin to real life. Um, the way that they're sort of they're modelling it out. And I, th- I really think that's quite a nice touch. Yeah, I'm just going to bring the sound in. So that we can all enjoy this with sound. Hopefully, people on hopefully the sound is coming through to the Twitch. So we're not sitting at the front. Uh, let me see if I can find someone I can click on that's nearer the front. Yes, you're quite right. Here we go. So apologies if anyone is motion sick. Uh, I imagine this ride is going to be absolutely horrible. There you go. So, so just while we watch that, uh, <laughs> just while we watch that, Jarvis, what are the options for cameras? Uh, what park. we've basically got is um, oh my god do you know what that's actually I'm quite impressed with that <laughs> that's pretty good there we go short and sweet gotta decelerate a bit heavy um, so the options you've got for camera is a cinematic which is the standard thing you'd expect where cameras move from place to place uh, and kind of so well, I'll leave it on cinematic for a minute uh, and I actually, I, the, the, some of the video that was going when the stream was, was sort of waiting was actually using the cinematic cam. I just left it recording for five minutes uh, on a Ferris wheel. But actually, there's considering it's all dynamic and procedurally generated, there's a real artistry to some of the camera shots you get. I had a lovely uh, bit of video, which unfortunately I didn't manage to save. It happened before I started recording, which just perfectly framed the full moon against the the coaster going through a loop it was it was it was, it was absolutely brilliant um, but, so that's that's the cinematic camera and then the other one you've got is the interest camera which i believe i'm not entirely sure what the difference between interest and cinematic is i thought that interest showed you the faces of the people on the ride because obviously how they're visually responding gives you an idea of how much they're enjoying it so I think that's the yeah. third camera option. Um, but clicking on it, there seems to be three options, and one of them just seems to be the same as the seat camera. So I'm not 100% sure what's going on there. Um, and you can, of course, use middle mouse button to rotate around. Uh, and when you're in first-person view, you can use middle mouse button to look left and right. So you can watch this terrified guy. <laughs> um, and it's interesting that... Uh, it's interesting that this this first person look one of the things i've put in the suggestions thread on the planet coaster forums i'd really like to be able to use my ed tracker to look around mm-hmm. on these rides i think that'd be brilliant so i've sort of asked if they're going to be supporting you know free track or 
being able to bind a joystick to 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 head look so that there's something like the head tracker or track ir can be used because I, I just think that'd be brilliant that also brings us up to a topic that a few people have asked the questions of on the chat channel and uh, and before this on on Twitter and stuff. Is do we have any information yet from Frontier as to whether or not they're going to be supporting VR in this? And do you think that's a good idea, or do you think it's going to throw up a whole world of motion sickness problems? Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, the, the the at the moment, the user interface is quite fiddly, and one of the things that. Uh, my experience of Oculus Rift has suffered with, not just Oculus Rift, but anything I've tried, um, is actually resolution on tiny text and reading things. So if obviously this whole thing is floating in 3D in front of your face, there is always a question of where the menus actually exist. Uh, yeah. And whether, um, you know, whether those menus are um, kind of up to the task. Having said that, it is all driven completely from the mouse. I mean, it's not, even though the keyboard shortcuts are really helpful, it isn't as dependent on keyboard shortcuts as, say, Elite Dangerous. So having it as a kind of one interface game makes it very suitable for the current generation of, uh, of headsets. Well, you've also got to remember there are other controllers for editing things, especially in VR. Is it the Vive comes with these wand controllers, and I've yeah. seen various demos of the Vive where they're placing objects in a 3D space with not a massive amount of tweaking. The interface could be maneuvered to support that interface instead of a mouse. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, these are all good points, but I mean, I think we might be well, for me, missing the point slightly as to what you'd want to get out of it. So I don't think the idea of having virtual reality in a game like this would be to actually design the part more. You'd have almost like a separate cinematic mode where you'd have virtual reality, you know, you close the part down and go into movie mode or, you know, um, first-person mode. So it just gave you a second set of options, no building required. Literally all you're doing in that VR mode is wandering around your park, getting on rides, riding the rides, and getting off, and then coming out of VR mode and going back into build mode. So keeping so the two completely separate. Yeah, exactly. You walk around as a guest in your VR mode. Yeah, so I've brought up this group of people because I just want to spend a moment just looking at some of the faces of these models because one of the things that struck me uh, about this game, playing it yesterday, is just how unique each of the people look. Out of some quite... I mean, there are some quite similar facial types in terms of the geometry of it. I mean, they're not... You know, they're not all completely made out of unique DNA faces, but actually the level of customization they've going on, they've got going on with things like facial hair, hair, glasses, skin tone, all of these different things, they do look like, you know, you don't look at that and think, well, that looks like a cookie cutter crowd. I mean, the worst thing you've got is you've got these three girls here who appear to be sort of basically dressed the same and basically look the same. But even within that, oh dear, what have I just done? Let's not do that. That's horrible. Um, even within that kind of, uh, you know, similarity in the pattern, you've actually got still quite a lot of nice variation. So let's just look at yeah. those three here. And even those three, you could argue, if you were going to sort of suspend reality a bit, they could be the, like the like the T-Birds out of uh, Greece. You know, it could be that they're all from the same fraternity. Or, I, I, I was going to say, they're, they're, like a, they're like a Japanese club or something. They've all worn yeah, exactly, exactly the same clothes. And In fact, they have got some sort of branded... Uh, yeah, school things on, on, yeah. So, yeah, so maybe, maybe that's deliberate. Maybe I'm doing Frontier a disservice. But again, you know, we talk sometimes about how nice... Um, Elite Dangerous looks. Just how look at how pretty this game is already. Yeah, I mean no, that's absolutely. that's a really nice looking scene. 
um, and it's all completely immersion and, uh, and all these sorts of things. No, I absolutely agree with that. Um, but let's let's just continue talking about the the avatars for a little bit because I think it brings us on quite nicely to the to the pricing model that um, Frontier Developments are doing for this game because one of the added extras that they've got for this I think is is quite clever uh, and that's clever on a couple of levels. So they've got the opportunity for ten pounds you can get what's called a VIP ticket and that allows you when they release the the character avatar creator to create your own avatar to not only have walking around your park but also your avatar would wander off and you know visit other parks around the globe uh, and around the internet and stuff or for 40 pounds you can get a group vip ticket which means you can uh, design up to six people and name your group so in my case you know if i wanted to design my family um with some some little folks and my my, my missus and you know, my brother and stuff they can then name that as the Forest family uh, and send that wandering around my park or send it out into the world to visit other people's parks. Or if we wanted to do a lave radio crew, you know, as long as they get the tools right so we can design it so we have a fair facsimile of all of us, we can send back <laughs> a group of people out into the world riding on other people's roller coasters and stuff. And, you know, I don't think £40 is a bit steep, I grant you, but I think the whole, you know, pay £10 and put yourself into a game, I think is a very, very sort of clever uh, means of generating some uh, some revenue for that. Would you not agree? I definitely agree. I think it's, but we also want to maybe wear our orange sidewinder t-shirts or something like that as well. Yeah, um, and I could see it's the kind of thing you could almost give somebody as a birthday present. Yeah, you know, give a birthday present. And now you're in a video game. Just what you always <laughs> wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so one of the things, because I'm going to, I'm going to not now start building a whole load of stuff. I'm aware that we're an hour into the street stream, and all we've looked at is the loading screen and one ride. Um, one of the things that this alpha is not. Okay, let me let me let me flip it around and start very positively. This is again from Frontier. This is an incredibly polished alpha. If anyone remembers what the first ever loading <laughs> up of Elite Dangerous was like, it was amazingly slick for an alpha. This is amazingly <laughs> slick. Um, and I'm going to continue to have a lot of fun with this tonight, but I just want to caveat something at the moment. Um, at the moment, it's not a game. I mean, you, people could look at this and think, wow, you know, why does it still have six months <laughs> kind of development left on it? Um, but actually, at the moment, there is no economy. This is basically a huge sandbox toolkit that allows you to build a theme park there is no sense of challenge to it other than the artistic challenge and there is no sense of resource constraint so i can you know i can build the biggest coaster i could build one giant coaster that filled this entire park um, all before opening and i wouldn't have to worry about how much the track costs how much the maintenance costs and you do occasionally see odd things within the game that are placeholders for kind of money and price but like i say at the moment there isn't that there isn't that kind of challenge of uh, you know of playing it as a game it is basically just an editor um not necessarily a bad thing i'm just saying that you know there is still an awful lot of gameplay from the challenge sense that needs to be put in place i think I would actually like that to be a the sandbox at least available to us in the real game as well. So yeah, sure. If you want to play it where in career mode or whatever you want to call it, where you've got to get your money to build your ride and you start off with a loan, say, and you've got to make it back, and yeah, you can go through all that and you can add that challenge. But sometimes you just want to create crazy roller coasters. Yeah, absolutely, and that's certainly one of the one of the things. It was one of the questions I was going to ask you. Looking at what's already there, Chris, how long do we think that the the building blocks in here are 
um, sufficient enough, are advanced enough for you know the likes of those people that love Lego or maybe love Minecraft to really sort of get creative in this and do things like you know how long is it going to be until we see the first you know version of the you know the Starship Enterprise as <laughs> as the main sort of thing that roller coasters go up and oh, down and around. Day one, absolutely day one. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna put some nice little lights in here. Um, so you think it's it's polished enough to do that the you know the modular system you think it's got enough you know a, a enough depth in the uh, in the system to be able to do that sort of level of creativity uh yeah let me let me come on to some of that then let me build something and you can see uh, exactly the sorts of things so i've just basically all i've done there is i've taken the the default um roller coaster entrance for this ride i've stuck a sign on it which is called 360 degree power and i've added a couple of up lights to the uh to, to, to the entrance because one of the things you'll notice when this game goes into the night aspect of the cycle suddenly you realize your entire park is completely unlit <laughs> Actually, and it's particularly hard because when, when they're showing the streams obviously they can uh, play around with um the, the, the day and night cycle yeah. and they yeah they can just fix it whereas actually when you're playing it as a as an end user and you're having to carry on building throughout the night you suddenly realize it's actually really hard to build buildings in the dark i guess that's why no you do know that it. you can pause your game what while you're building yeah i didn't know that you can also so fast then, forward but- if night's becoming a bit boring you can uh, you can speed it up so let's um Let's build. Do you know what? Do you want... We were talking about this. Do you want an Enterprise? Should we see if we can do an Enterprise? I don't think we can actually do an Enterprise. <laughs> um, oh, let, let's let's leave you to uh, to create that. And, and Ben, have you got the uh, the various different pricing options of how people can get involved in this game if they want to jump onto the, the alpha side? What's what's the various pricing options that Frontier Developments are, are throwing up? You can get the real game, like when it gets released... So I've got another six months left. I think that's £20. Please don't ask me for the dollar conversion rates. Then you can get into the early bird, which is what we're currently playing, which is £50. You can upgrade to early bird for another 30 I believe. Then I know there are other things like the, the Coaster Head Club, which I think will give you T-shirts and other and access to special areas of the forum, which I think is £50 as well, if I remember correctly. Um, and there's other DLC, effectively, that you can add on as well, but I don't know the pricing of that, I'm afraid. The, the DLC, uh, there's some really nice sort of little bits of DLC. So, you know, you can get a Planet Coaster VIP staff pass. This is coming in at a wonderful £100. You'll be uh, a permanent role as a member of the Coaster Park staff, in-game staff. I think I should possibly uh, find £100 so I can get my, my alter ego second technician uh, should be a mechanic in the park. So if I wanted to do that, then uh, that would be that would be a hundred pounds. Um, you can also that would not pay fill people with confidence. <laughs> you could also pay five hundred pounds and get a Planet Coaster VIP Park Foundation Stone, uh, which is going to have your name etched into the stone at the entrance of every single coaster park on Planet Coaster. Five hundred pounds is expensive. That and obviously um, you've got the, the the VIP group ticket, which allows you to uh, create your own group with the avatars, and your ten pound VIP single ticket as well is in there. So go and check it out if you do a search for Frontier and uh, have a look at their store. They're all listed there. But yeah, interesting as well for the Coaster Head Club. You do get a T-shirt and you do get a, a quite a nice little wristband as if you're actually attending a park. 
as a as a freebie in with that so lots of different options um i think certainly for the one that you're playing chris i take it you got the uh, the alpha package which was what 50 pounds uh yeah and actually yeah, yeah and because frontier is so lovely they actually sent me the um the 10% discount for being an Elite Dangerous Kickstarter backer. Um, they sent it to me like three days after I ordered the <laughs> Alpha. So I wrote to them and I said, oh, guys, and they actually refunded me the difference, which was really nice of them. Oh, nice. And then what was good about that, uh, later on they actually went off and added in the upgrade, the ability to upgrade your package anyway. So I went off and I took advantage of that, thankfully. What I want to say is anyone that's been obviously watching the stream will have seen this, but I've basically just created a really simple little building which looks, I wouldn't say it's aesthetically pleasing. I'm not totally sure that roof actually matches the walls, um, but actually it's quite a nice little construction and I've done it in in very little or no time. And you'll see that all those pieces have just snapped together. Um, the, the, the corners of the building were individual pieces. The walls were individual pieces. The roof is made up of four pieces. The sign you know is an extra little piece um and it's basically the whole the whole system kind of works you know that way it's very easy to just slot stuff together and just you know make something quite quickly um and i think that's one of the real strengths with this editor is that it's uh very quick to get things it's very quick to get things made so if i now want to so i've basically i've made a little hat shop open let's see if having opened the hat shop are there people wearing hats? You do start to see people wearing hats once you've opened a hat shop. Maybe people don't care enough. Has anyone actually gone up to the counter? I'm not sure. Someone said in chat, the roof should be a hat. You know what? If I was really thinking creatively, the roof sh- the roof should have been a hat. I can go and change that, actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> fun so do you need to assign that as a particular hat stop? So, so well, I saw in the stream earlier on that uh, they created a toilet. Yes. And it was all modular, so he created a, a foundation, then built up the walls, and uh, then stuck a toilet sign on the outside. Now, is that as much as you need to do to make that a toilet, or do you have to actually go in there and uh, put urinals in there, or yeah, anything well, else? Or is- yeah, what's interesting is it's, it, there's like a functional block. So when you go into the facilities tab, there's all this row of buildings there's basically actually only four buildings there's 12 in here because it gives you one with a sandstone fascia one with a basic render fascia and one with like a kind of white modern you know sort of some sort of weird modern modern material and on basically what these buildings are is the the core functionality so the core functionality of a drift of a drink shop is this one particular unit which you attach to your path and which you can then decorate uh to your to your heart's content so if i i mean i actually i can treat an entire row of shops as a single building so i'm just going to do that so let's put down so basically having laid this down if you now look at my feed um, you'll see that I've created a drinks shop and it's completely unedited, but it works as a shop. People can walk up to the counter, they can start buying drinks. Uh, you can actually now, if I come out of the editor for this building, I can click on a person and I can now, in first person, watch them get served at the drinks counter, which is uh, you know, quite entertaining. <laughs> can watch the guy doing his thing. There you go, that kid's happy, he's got a drink. I'm following him around, which is a bit weird. Um, 
But uh, yeah, you'll get arrested for that kind of behaviour. Absolutely. Um, but that that building now works, and essentially, if I go back to this building and continue to edit it, what I'm really doing is is, is decorating it with additional walls and uh, you know whatever else whatever else you might want from it. Um, so I can just in the, you know in a really in a really simple way, like the equivalent of the Minecraft mud hut, I could just stick four walls around it and say well there you go that's 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 my building um and then there are all these other things and it just becomes really about creative expression and just building something that is is aesthetically pleasing to you and kind of fits in with the with the dynamic of um uh, of what you want to do but let's just i want to just try something really crazy because i was quite impressed on frontier stream that they did this and i'm just going to try and reproduce it myself here having now made this building with these arches in, I believe this is going to be this is going to be dangerous. I believe if I go to roller coaster, <laughs> I really probably shouldn't do this. I'm going to try and see if I can run the track now through that building because I don't think there's any reason why not. Okay, that, but possibly not the station, <laughs> which is what you're station, trying to put through there at the moment. <laughs> and that might not be quite enough clearance. But the point is, I've now built that drinks shop with a uh, an arch next to it and there is absolutely no reason why i can't now run a roller coaster straight through the side of that building i don't mean through the side you, of it, i mean through the arches yeah but I, have you got enough clearance I, I, don't, I don't think i do have enough clearance but my point no is, i think people are going to bang their heads yeah, straight on that but my point is if i'd built this shop on a raised section of ground or if i'd if i'd built it up slightly this is exactly the sort of thing that you can do with this game. And this is where having such low-level building tools is really powerful because there mm-hmm. is nothing stopping me making a, a, a decorative building that my roller coaster drives through. I could, theoretically, if I wanted to, build walls all the way around this roller coaster. But uh, also, they were talking in their live stream about the fact that that's the sort of thing you have to do because there is an element of the simulation that takes in your creativity. So you, people will like your rides and like your part better if it's decorated, if it's got scenery, if it's got yeah. you know, interesting things like going through drink stands or you know just different things that are slightly above the the normal sort of templates. If you do those sort of things, you will be rewarded by your you know, your patrons actually showing more interest and showing. Yeah, more enjoyment out of these things. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and I'm gonna just—I'm just gonna sit and kind of do some of these bits because I want to demonstrate uh, on the stream how quickly you can kind of decorate stuff and come up with quite nice aesthetic things. Um, so just just bear in mind how plain this looks now, and then we'll comment on it again in about ten minutes or five minutes, <laughs> um, and we'll see we'll see exactly what the you know what the kind of the difference is. Okay, I mean Ben, you've uh, you've also got the uh, you've also got the alpha, and you've had a bit of time to play with it. What's been your initial sort of thoughts about the alpha build so far? It's I'm embarrassed, kind of embarrassed to say that I might have been playing it till about one o'clock this morning, <laughs> um, and I wasn't meaning to after after last night's show. I was kind of tired, but I was like, you know, I just want to, I want to try one more thing to, I I was basically, I was polishing some of my rides up for when and if Chris shows my stuff on, uh, on tonight's show. So I wanted to do a bit of polishing on that and yeah, I just did that. And then the next thing I realized it was about one in the morning. So I'm loving it. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a massive city builder fan 
I haven't played City Builders since what SimCity two thousand and things like that. Uh, so not yeah. even the three thousand stuff. I I've not not bought Skylines or anything like that. I didn't really play any of the earlier roller coaster tycoons and things. Yeah, you, you say that though, but I've seen mm-hmm. some of the stuff that you've done in uh, in Fallout Four. There's definitely a there's definitely a builder inside you. Oh god, I mean, I love Minecraft and building stuff in Minecraft and things like that. Um, it's just I've never done it in this kind of thing. But I'm more into actually the sandboxy kind of stuff, which is why I do hope that. <coughs> sorry, I'm just watching Chris moving his cow around the screen. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm mu- I'm more into the sandboxy kind of thing, so I like just. Pl- placing my stuff and having fun with it and maybe not worrying about the um about the the actual gamification of it yeah definitely and i, I must admit, i have yet to sort of take the plunge because i thought i might have a it's, i thought it was going to be an expensive month so i haven't actually jumped onto the the coaster bandwagon yet but looking at the the streams and watching you guys play over the last few days has sort of made me think that actually yeah there is definitely a place in my life for this game and i'm thinking actually it's more along the lines of trying to get my young uh, four-year-old interested in a little bit of pc gaming just because of this whole sort of sandbox sort of lego uh, Minecraft sort of idea about the idea that you can sort of, you know, have him sitting next to me telling me where he wants things, putting putting them there, and then this ability to jump straight into sort of first person mode and actually play on the theme park that we've created together. Um, so I think that I'm going to have a I'm going to have a go with that and see whether or not it's something you know have some quality father and son time. But I think this game sort of lends itself to that particular sort of you know group building uh, aspect. I completely agree, and I know that's something actually that I think Mad Dog's doing as well. So we've got Mad Dog and his his cub are doing a very similar kind of thing. Um, and I know when my son's down, and we're doing, we're going to be probably I'm going to at least be introducing this to him tomorrow, and see what he thinks of it as well. And if it's something that he's interested in, then you know we might see what we can do. So how old's your son? My son's nine. Or okay, near so- enough nine. He would be more than capable to sort of get to grips oh, gotcha. with the uh, sort of the building tools of this. I'm just wondering at what age, the, you know, it's simple, it's intuitive for us to use. I'm just wondering at what age a child would be able to sort of pick this up and start, you know, start getting involved with it. Well, my son plays Minecraft massively, far, you know, far more than I do nowadays and far more in depth than I ever did as well. So I, and he's been playing it for well, like two, three years, I'd say now. So okay. I, I don't think. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised by how quickly even a younger child gets it. Hmm. Interesting. Well, we'll certainly see. Uh, see how long it takes before he's sort of <laughs> taking the mouse and keyboard off his dad and, and pushing <laughs> me to pushing me out to pasture, as it were, as he creates the world's most stunning roller coasters. Probably around. Oh, yeah. I was going to say around the Enterprise, but he's yet to watch any Star Trek, so it's probably more about something like Paw Patrol or something equally as daft. My younger loves Paw Patrol. <laughs> Actually, hey, they've got a great big tower, don't they? And they all go around. Yes, and they do. In a, I'm, I'm sure, yes, I might watch it as well. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very much a one more thing kind of. Yeah, time sink. Yeah, as my only upset, as it were is that I've now got all my rides that are all the flat rides in the game in my park and I'm currently maxed out at about 3,000 visitors. Okay. Uh, now I'm thinking, okay, what do I want to do next? 
got a, I've got a couple of roller coasters in there. My second roller coaster is a lot less vomit-inducing, shall we say, than my first one, I think. <laughs> but I've not done a lot of placing of trees yet, or um, I, I've made a hamburger, and I think that's about as extreme as I've gotten so far. That's maybe one of the other things I should have uh, asked at the beginning of the stream, which is obviously we've got a few co- uh, coasters in there. We've got a, sh- a, through, uh, a few shops. Are... Are there any other rides that you can actually get involved with in the Alpha? Are there, you know, like Wurlitzers or the teacups or any other particular types of ride that you can put in your park? Great yeah, rides. Great rides. Them, them. Okay, well, let's just, let's just take stock then for a moment of what I've been doing. I've basically just been sitting here for a few minutes just kind of throwing throwing uh, decorations in. Uh, and as you can see, I am not the prettiest landscape designer in the world, but I have been able to throw together what is actually you know very quickly a very busy scene but if we're talking about if we're talking about other rides now i will show you some other rides because at the moment these people are coming into my park they're basically buying a drink and a hat and going on a roller coaster and that's pretty boring isn't it <laughs> so let's uh let me, let me just have a look at some of the other uh ride scenes we've only got about half an hour left um let's have a look so rides we have got a thing called the forge i'm going to put this in because this is genuinely terrifying um so again like the other rides this one is obviously doesn't involve as much construction as the roller coaster this is just something that you you pick a spot for it you stick on your entrance you stick on your exit you add your cue to the entrance and i'm wondering actually if i made it a bit short and then you stick in your ticket booth. There we go. Um, and it's currently closed. It's closed because I haven't finished building it. Where's the? <laughs> I need. I need a so it, look, so it looks like you've got about thirteen sort of standalone rides that you can drop into your park, as well as building the roller coasters around them, which isn't isn't too bad actually. I mean, you can you know, if sandboxing a, a theme park was your thing, uh, you could certainly have a lot of fun with the elements that are currently in the uh, the first alpha. Absolutely. Um, let's put. There you go. This is what I did yesterday. This is the Ferris wheel. I'd love to ride half of most of these rides as well. I mean, they look. <laughs> some of these look absolutely awesome. Um, and even that Ferris wheel, because they've got like two. Um, there's two kinds of carriage in it. You've got the one on the outer ring, which is just like a normal Ferris wheel, and then there's one on the inner ring, which basically rotates around and wobbles and jingles and jangles and looks kind of terrifying, to be honest. absolutely so there you go there's an extra couple of rides open and that's all joined up quite neatly Um, and you can actually see now we've gone to night you can see that when i was building this little area of shops i included some illumination Uh, so this the hat shop has got a little row of box lights over it this one here's got a single box light and a couple of um, cans just illuminating the main sign um, and actually, you know, it's pretty, uh, let's just see what this person sees. That is not, I mean, that is not bad for kind of 10 minutes work. And you can no, see No, it did seem how, to be, yeah, yeah, watching you do it, it seemed to be really, really straightforward to just sort of pick up and drop and grab some more stuff and pick up and drop. And, you know, you very quickly sort of populated that scene. 
Yeah. Uh, I made it okay, so it's not the prettiest, but you know, it, it passes. You could probably see a, a normal theme park that looks very similar to that in the real world. You know, it's Absolutely. not standing out as being something that you've done in five minutes. You know, no, quite, quite. Um, I saw someone with the hat. There you go. This person's been to the hat shop. Yay! So uh, <laughs> there we go. Oh, this person also really wants the toilet. Uh, uh, are they dancing around? Are they? It. Yeah, possibly because I haven't actually built any yet. <laughs> I spent most of my lunch hour today actually just watching a guest following them around my park um, and it's just it's amazingly fascinating just starting on somebody and watching them walk through the gate and then running around all the different places looking so excited or getting lost as some of mine were doing but I was what surprised me so much was the number of people who show up to my park and the very, very first thing that they need is the toilet and the burger. Yeah, no, I think that's perfectly right. I mean, they could have been on a very long car journey. You know, you don't know. It might have been left of breakfast and they arrive at lunchtime. They need a wee and they need some food. I, don't, I think that's perfectly rational. It seems rational to me. The other thing that surprises me about the game is how it seems to go 24-7. Um, you know, I don't yeah, know there's, no, there's no closures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many play- theme parks are actually open at 2 in the morning. Maybe in America some are. I have no idea. I'm sure there must be some 24-hour theme parks. I'm sure we're probably not the first people to come across that idea. <laughs> I'm sure we're not. <laughs> yeah. So how long does each stage of the Alpha run? Have they told us? Is it going to be a few weeks, six weeks, two months? As long question. as this is, I think. Yeah. I just want to point out, there's one nice, nice little detail here um, and that kind of really speaks to the mindset that's gone behind actually creating these parks. One of the things I've stuck on the back of this building is an air conditioning unit. Now, there is absolutely no reason to place an air conditioning unit on a building in this game. As far as I know, heat management is not going to be a feature of um, things like the shops and buildings in, in, in Planet Coaster. Um, but actually, it's entirely satisfying to me mm-hmm. to feel that I've placed this air conditioning unit on the back of a building hidden behind some bushes. None of my park guests theoretically might ever see it, but I kind of know it's there and I know that it makes my building feel more like a realistic building. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. No. I mean, I would actually, okay. I've, got a, I've got a path here that, that customers will come down where they will see that air conditioning unit. And I'm now thinking what I want to do is build something in front of it so they can't see it. <laughs> oh, dear. This, I can just see this taking so much of your time off you. It's, I'm not sure we're ever going to get another, another series of Escape Velocity finished, are oh, we? Oh, no. no, no. <laughs> there you go. See, look, I, I can now... I can now place this down. I've got a huge neon sign that says Planet Coaster. I'm going to put that in the way now. So there you go. Now no one, no one can see my air conditioning unit. <laughs> um, so, I mean, just actually thinking about the, the various sort of creativity things that you could possibly do about this. You were talking earlier on about having some really nice sort of cinematic uh, videos that were captured sort of automatically from this. Uh, I remember the fantastic series that you did on uh, Animal Crossing in terms of Animal Crossing Noir. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you think there could be potential here to do some sort of theme park, uh, yeah, theme park noir? You can, you can bet my brain is going to be thinking about it. Um, <laughs> I don't know until I've seen a bit more, because it's a little bit like, um, 
I guess, like the Sims in a sense of just to, you know, what you can get them to do that adequately. Are you talking about Machinima or are you talking about just writing a series? No, I'm talking about Machinima. Yeah, if you talk about Machinima, it really does depend what you can kind of get the characters to do and how you can kind of effectively um, make it look like they're acting for you. Because there mm-hmm. was a series that was done by the people that did Red vs. Blue called The Strangerhood, and it was basically a Machinima series done in, I think, The Sims 3. And they managed to get some pretty good results out of it. Um, and I don't know, until we've got a little bit more kind of control or a bit more more of the simulation i don't know necessarily what it would be possible to to make it look like people are doing i mean they're quite animated um, as they walk along but, but it's a slightly different prospect to something like the sims because the sims you have like a set seven people that kind of live in a house um whereas this keeping track of the same characters throughout the park is actually going to be not impossible but quite difficult uh, we've got a question in the chat room about whether or not we can actually speed up that Ferris wheel to insane proportions. Can you edit the ride? Let's have a look. Uh, <laughs> it just says ride management coming soon. So I'm guessing you no. can. Well, see, that also leads me on to another thing, which I have to say was one of my pet hates of the uh, the roller coaster series. It was funny to begin with and then became an absolute pain in the backside. And that was the amount of puke that was ending up all over my uh, pathways and the amount of people I had to employ to you know, sweep it all up. And they never did a, a job, a decent job at least, of, of getting on top of all the puke that seemed to be around the park. <laughs> now, I know the puke's there because I don't design good rides um but it was it that just became a grind and a ball ache um so i'm wondering if uh if that's going to be an element in this game or whether or not there'll be some sort of uh, a better way of uh, of getting that message across i have seen guests holding their their hands to their mouths as if they want to be sick but without the carrot chunks Excellent. You see, I'm happy with that. I'm happy not to have to employ a guy with a mop and a, and a, a sweeping brush. Uh, or in the case of my last park, 50 of the guys with mops and sweeping brushes. <laughs> so with that, were you able to design and customise your flat rides too then, yeah? Uh, with Roller Coaster Tycoon 3? Yeah. Uh, some of them, I think, but most of them were just sort of standard stamped down um, rides. So save us what we've got here then. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What kind of... I'm just thinking, what kind of manipulation could we do to these rides? Because, you know, these look fairly locked in, um, apart from spinning it up to ludicrous speed and <laughs> spinning off into the sunset. Yeah, maybe ride duration. Um, if you wanted sort of value for money, you know, you know, the longer the ride goes on, the more people think it's value for money. But then obviously you've got to weigh up the queue time. Or I'm waiting too long for this ride. You know, there's all sorts of things that you can do within the management style of it. And, you know, it'd be interesting actually to see how they're going to cope with that. I mean, one of the things I used to sort of like was, you know, all the various sort of things like adding salt into uh, the uh, the chips to make people thirsty so they bought more of your drinks. But, yeah, you know, maybe 
in this day and age, there should be a few elements or a few le- different levels of simulation. So maybe you want roller coaster light, where you get access to some of that manipulation of uh, tweaks and stuff, or you know, a simulation medium where you can do set the prices, or you know, full on simulation where you set the amount of salt that you put on the chips and everything else. Because I'm not sure in this day and age whether everybody wants to go into that level of simulation. Some people as you said, Ben, might just want to have the sandbox you know, level. No simulation at all in terms of all the, the financial management side of things. Do you reckon they'll, they'll bring that level of um, variation into the game? I don't think they will. I think it'll be a... I think we'll, it might be a binary option, like here's sandbox only, and maybe there's no gamification side of it, or here is the full-on sim, and you're managing money, you're managing cleaning up puke, you're managing, obviously, the flow of your guests, um, how happy everyone is, how happy your staff are is something that we know is going to be a thing, or at least I'm assuming it's going to be a thing, because we've seen those animations of a happy Pirate King and an upset one, haven't we? <laughs> Yeah, well, or in Chris's Park's case, uh, you know, those people that are swelteringly hot in their hat stands, <laughs> or not swelteringly hot in their hat stands. Oh, and that's going to affect their happiness, I'd assume. Exactly. Yeah, it's all about the morale. Mm. Um, and obviously we've got swap. Well, it's very interesting how much people need the toilets and things like that. Um, I know it's becoming one of my most popular facilities. I've just put it in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, I wound up I, I wound up in a really bizarre situation actually the other night where I had it looked like a queue of maybe a hundred of people queuing up at one of my burger my chief beefs and I was like oh that's a bit busy I better shove in another one so I duplicate oh, I made just just chief beef shop and maybe about ten people went to it you know, it was literally on the other side of the path so it's, it couldn't be well, that's a shit location. We're not going to go to it. It's just everybody was queuing up at one of them, and they just all seem to ignore my other one. And I, I can't think why. Um, but I think it might have been a bug in the game. Maybe that's the only thing, because it did clear itself up when I reset the game and came came out and came back in again. As you mentioned it there, what about bugs in the in the alpha? Obviously, yeah, the wonderful thing about the alpha, it does look very slick, but at the same time, it is an alpha, so you know, the whole point is that we feed the bugs back to Frontier, who obviously you know, squash them as quickly as possible. Um, has there been any sort of major glitches in this one, Jarvis, Ben? I had one freeze crash. That's it. It's actually incredibly stable. I don't really, I don't really know what else to say that. It's, it's, a, you know, considering the amount of features that are in here, um, it is just very, very, very slick, uh, and very polished. I'm hoping it's not going to be like Elite again, where Alpha 1 is amazingly polished and Alpha 2 is just really <laughs> impossible to use. <laughs> yeah, I do remember those days all too well. Yeah. I had issues with the launch pads, um, the game was about an hour and a half, two hours before I was actually able to download and play it yesterday. So, and even then, I wound up actually having to get a copy of somebody else's XML file, which is the thing that we be- is basically used to tell the launcher what things to download. And then once I had that, then I had to go off and manually download everything, which is sounds a bit of a pain in the butt. But I know Frontier released two or three different versions of the launcher yesterday itself. Um, so hopefully that got all that kind of stuff rectified. 
the actual game itself, I think, has been pretty rock solid. The only iffy thing for me has been the camera positioning. Yeah, I, th- I think it's hard to understand the camera um, sometimes. I'm just sorry, I'm just for the benefit of people watching the Twitch, I'm just laying down some of the random objects. There's quite a lot in here from the pirate theme. Um, I'm pretty sure that's a Thargoid. Um, no but it's interesting the way that these um rides are kind of designed in a realistic way because this is all the the realistic machinery that um frontier have employed to feel that this is a realistic object but actually as it stands that having that as a thing doesn't make any sense but if you load in the park that you get as part of the alpha called release the Kraken or something like that. They have built this animatronic beast into a cave, so it does look like it's jumping up out of the ground and scaring people. Oh, brilliant. But you have to do that work of building it into the scenery and constructing a facility around it. it it's not just a thing you can lay and say, hey, look at this. It does make you kind of work for the consistency of your park. And whilst we're talking about the Kraken... Uh, somebody went off and tried making a guest squasher with the Kraken, where they went off and load, uh, loaded the, the Kraken and its base in the middle of one of the paths. And true to the game's will kill no guest thing, the guest just seemed to basically stop walking and then they'd start again once it lifted up, but they didn't get squished, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. I think everybody wants to seem to kill their guests from what I've been seeing after talking to people. It's like everyone's looking for a really, the, the most creative way to kill somebody. I'd have to say, I'm just watching the, the stream now, Chris, and you have just seamlessly placed uh, a full-on pirate ship into the struts of one of your roller coaster, and the, the simulation, the game, has literally just taken care of everything. So in terms yeah. of the, you know, the stands, the poles that hold up the, the struts and everything else, it, because you dropped that pirate ship on them, they've literally just warped themselves into the pirate ship and done it so seamlessly, yeah. it looks like it was always built like that. I think oh, yeah, that's it's just, perfect, it's, it's so seamless, it's phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. So, um, have you gone and looked at the nuts and bolts on any of these things? The, just talking about the attention to detail. I have a little you know, bit. Just sort of things that you you wouldn't see because it's like I can't believe even to the extent there's like little script scrapes and things like that on bolts and on the underside of the pirate on the underside of the pirate ship ride where the wheels push the pirate ship, that area of paint is all worn down and everything like that. Yeah, and I think yeah. that's just absolutely phenomenal. No, totally. Um, I'm trying to see. It's a shame, actually, because I've picked this coaster. You can't see it, but if you get the one that looks like the uh, the kind of rocket-shaped one, um, the, the, the deformation on the plastic, the kind of bonnet of the truck, is really cool. It's really, it's really nicely done. A conversation going on in the chat now about whether or not Frontier should or should not shy away from the idea of throwing people off coasters. Now, obviously, it's been mentioned about the whole Olsen Tower incident and you know, the possibility of you know, this turning into a sort of a Daily Mail story and bad publicity for, for Frontier. I can understand why they would move away from it and not have it in the game. Um, but do you guys think it, it sort of takes an element of fun? Out of it, I mean, I know when we spoke to to uh, to Johnny Watts when we went down to Frontier recently, um, yeah, he was saying that even in Roller Coaster Tycoon, nobody died uh, when they got thrown off the roller coasters. They all just seemed to pick themselves back up again and brush themselves down and then wander back to the nearest path. So, do you think they could possibly incorporate that um, element of sort of 
cartoony sort of um, violence with, and get around the whole Alton Towers Daily Mail bad publicity idea? I would have it as a as a cheat code again, actually. Yeah, a bit okay. like how we're enabling our um, our thing. I'd enable it as a cheat code to enable death or something like that. Just so you at least have to make a conscious decision to go and do it. Is there anything you two want to cover off before we uh, we wrap up the stream? Because obviously time is running out. I just want to make sure we cover everything you guys wanted to cover off. I think in terms of phase one of this alpha, I think it's pretty much demonstrated that everything does what it's meant to do. Theoretically, phase one could be really short if if everyone finds it works. It does everything. I think it's just it is really nice, fun, and nice and fun at the moment to just create stuff. Like I say, from, from my point of view, what's actually missing is that it's it's lacking the gaming loops that kind of make it satisfying. But I mean, we remember, you know, for those, those of us that are part of the Elite Dangerous Alpha, we remember how you started off with just a ship you could fly around, and then the gameplay loop suddenly appeared when they added three systems you could jump between, and suddenly it was possible to pick up cargo and sell it. And actually, then then very suddenly, you've actually got a simulation there, and you've got you've got a game. Um, so I don't know. I don't know enough about creating these kinds of management games to know how complicated it is to actually build the economy and build the challenge. But yeah, no. But I'm really, I'm, I'm absolutely loving it. I'm more than happy about the fact that I that I signed into the alpha because I, you know, I nearly didn't. Uh, I, I was just going to wait for the games to come out. But to be honest, I. Partly the videos and stuff that Frontier have produced about it just looked really engaging. And I think also, I think when me and Fozzer went and actually visited Frontier Developments and Johnny Watts kind of sat us down in front of basically what we're playing now, that kind of really sold it to me. I saw it and just thought, wow, this is something I really want to play and I really want to play now. Um, I mean, obviously Frontier can't kind of individually sell it (laughs) user to user. That's a very inefficient way of selling a game. Um, <laughs> trust me, it's a very inefficient way of selling audio drama too. It's just a great game, and I'm, I think more people, definitely more people, need to pay more attention to it because it's pretty cool. Yeah, I think we, you know we're going to be. I think we're going to be doing more about this soon. Perfect. Okay, well, that's it for our first ever episode of Alt Lave. Uh, thank you very much to everybody that's joined us live in the chat channel. Thank you very much to, to Ben, to Chris for coming on and doing such a great streaming episode. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can. You can email info at laveradio.com, Facebook forward slash Lave Radio. We are at Lave Radio on Twitter. Or if you want, you can join the Discord chat channel by going to tinyurl.com forward slash Lave Radio. Our TeamSpeak server is laveradio.teamspeak3.com. And if you want to hear our Elite Dangerous show, that is Lave Radio, and it's recorded live on a Tuesday evening at 8.30 and streamed out on laveradio.com forward slash live. Thanks again for joining us for this first episode of Alt Lave. Until next time, fly safe.